Over the last two years, many small businesses have plunged into the world of e-commerce, finding new ways to connect with new customers and new ways to grow their business. But taking your business online is not as simple as putting up a website and inviting the world to go shopping. Online commerce has become increasingly sophisticated and competitive. And if you want to succeed, it's important to know how shopping online differs from bricks and mortar retail. Today, we have an expert in Paul Waddy to give us his tips on where the industry is going and what small businesses can do to get online. Welcome to Talking Business, Paul. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Chris. I guess, uh, let's start from the beginning. Let's hope it's the beginning. How did you get into the world of online commerce? It's funny, I'm, I'm like a lot of people in e-commerce, it hasn't been around long. So we have uh, a whole bunch of uh, vast backgrounds and I'm no different. Um, I left school and didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I, I always had an entrepreneurial sort of side and I bounced around in, in sort of uh, retail jobs as everyone sort of does. And I eventually um, found my home as a, what I thought was my home as a wholesaler in men's footwear. So I, I started a men's footwear brand called Antoine and Stanley back in 2007. <clears throat> and I, uh, I was wholesaling to department stores, both here and across the, the globe, really, and ASOS in, in the UK and you know, DJs here and really doing the hard yards um, as a wholesaler does. And I moved into retail. I had four, five, six stores over my 10 years in that business. And I was a bit caught up in the cash cycle of wholesale in that, you know, I was importing product and designing product and manufacturing product, and it was pretty cash intensive. And I, uh, you know, was doing well on paper, but just wasn't making that much money uh, in the bank, not banking much. And I built this little uh, online store in about 2007, 2008. And it sort of started working. A few people were buying shoes and I thought, okay, this is interesting. You can sell shoes online. And I like the cash positive nature of it, you know, sell a pair, the cash is in your bank the next day and use that money to go and grow. And I, I was fascinated by that and um, wanted to explore it further. And that's kind of where my, my love affair with uh, selling online or, or e-commerce really started. So the headline though for small businesses, why should they go online? Um, you know, there might be an established retailer already like you were, but hmm. what, what would be the, I guess, the top two or three things uh, that you would say to small businesses, these are the reasons why you need to get online? Look, it, it's a great question and, and it, it's, e-commerce is the great leveller. So if you want to go into a, opening up a store in a, in, a, in a Westfield or something these days, it's, it's, it's 100,000 minimum for the fit out, there's your inventory. It's a big, big um, process and uh, a lot of those traditional sort of businesses, uh, um, landlords and so on, and suppliers aren't really interested in dealing with smaller smaller clients, um, startups in, in particular. E-commerce is built for startups. Um, I could sit down with a with a, a client <clears throat> in my advisory work today, and we could have a functioning website built within 24 hours for 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 no money really. You know, on on platforms like Shopify, you can do a free trial for 14 days and and then it's sort of, you know, 100 bucks a month or whatever to get, to get going. So the barriers to entry are low. Um, it is genuinely a, an industry where small businesses can get in, get their foot in the door and actually scale. And, I, and I've worked with businesses that, you know, uh, typical mum and dad or brother and sister kind of ventures that start at home 
uh, some of them are now making $3 million a month. Um, wow. And it's, it's scalable, Chris. It's, you're not confined to the four walls of your retail store or your office. Uh, a lot of Australian online retailers are, are exporters, really good exporters. Um, you're not confined to your local region. You can, you can, regional areas in Australia are huge consumers of, of e-commerce, places like Toowoomba and Wagga. And, um, so the, the, you, you can open a store and have a pretty wide audience and, um, and genuinely make it work and you don't need to you know, mortgage the house to do so. So just on that then, the differences for a small business compared to a large business in going online and entering the world of e-commerce, but what would you say the differences are? Um, I guess the, the differences are a smaller individual, you know, mum and dad tend to be more agile, to be perfectly honest. Um, we all know that Jerry Harvey back in the day, you know, I think he called e-commerce a scam or you know, a, a farce or a flash in the pan. But to his credit, he absolutely embraced it. And Harvey Norman has a great online uh, e-commerce business now. But it's the agility. You know, I work with people who are prepared to down tools and give it a go today. Or when the kids are in bed, they, they get the laptop open and they, they go for it. And um, I don't think you get that in, in larger businesses. You know, um, we've seen that in some of the department stores and so on who might have struggled uh, over the last 10 years to do things you know, quickly is almost impossible. Um, so you don't have a lot of the bureaucratic process when you're a small business. So you can just get in uh, and, and give it a go. And, and I think that's where I've seen online retailers do really well is to sort of say, well, this is a fast moving uh, industry, e-commerce, and you've got to be quick uh, because if you're not quick, you get left behind. So I think mum and dads and small businesses, and they have an advantage in that they they, they can make decisions quickly. They can get in and give it a go. And and the point I made earlier is, is really um, important in that you don't have to mortgage the house and put a million dollars down and sign a five-year lease. You, you can build it slowly from that spare bedroom at home. And I, I think um, you don't, the, the small businesses don't need the infrastructure that businesses do. They don't need the capital expenditure. expenditure and um, my advice is, is if you've got a good plan, I mean, the planning is always key in the product, you can absolutely get it in, give it a go and, and, um, and do it, get started reasonably quickly. And in your time, what are the common mistakes, though, that, that small businesses make? And I guess how do, we, how do we stop them making those mistakes if they're listening to this podcast or they're getting advice? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the common mistake that I see is that people – see on e-commerce or selling online as, um, you know, just opening a store and spending some money on, on Facebook ads. Uh, I always use this analogy, Chris, um, just because I can pop the bonnet of my um, car and find uh, the timing belt, it doesn't mean I should try and change it. Uh, so just because I have access to the, the mechanics of the car, it doesn't make me a mechanic. And the same applies for e-commerce. So it's got to be treated with due respect in that just because you can go onto a Shopify platform, which is an e-commerce platform that I like to use, you know, it builds, it helps you build websites. Um, just because you can do that, it doesn't mean you should and you should open your store straight away. The, the fundamentals of business still apply in that I need a plan. Now, planning is everything. I need to know how much stock I need to buy. Um, sourcing the stock. I see a lot of people, Chris, go into fashion because they've seen so many success stories in fashion 
Well, that's a very, very competitive space. And the way Google and Facebook work with our advertising is it's an auction system. So if you have a lot of people you know, trying to advertise for certain categories, well, it drives the price of the advertising up. So my advice would be to find a niche, find a product that you really know solves a problem. A great example of that is a business called Riffraff that I work with. And the founder has two kids and she, she became a mum and uh, left her, her work and the kids couldn't get to sleep and we can you know, relate to that. And she developed a, a, a toy uh, that makes the sound that the babies hear in the womb. And she found this beautiful niche. Now that's now an absolutely thriving multi-million dollar business with a highly engaged audience. So you've got to spend the time to find that product, um, you know, pricing, price it accordingly and really answer that uh, question of what does my product, what problem does my product solve out there? So I think stay away from ultra competitive um, products that are dominated by big, big players and you know, fashion is a hard one. And, and build a strategy that's not just giving Facebook money for ads, you know, really start to think about other channels for marketing this business. And um, it's not a one trick pony, there's quite a lot that goes into e-commerce. So, okay, so I've got the product, uh, I've got a plan. Uh, how, do, how do I get noticed online? Um, you know, it's a, it's a crowded marketplace now and it's a competitive marketplace, as you say. But yeah. what would you say to a small business to say, okay, get out there, get noticed by your potential customers? Well, it, 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 I think um, I would echo that, that point that, that you just made, which is it is a very competitive landscape, never more so than ever than now. Um, so I, I want to say you know, e-commerce is around 20% of typical, uh, traditional retail in Australia, and it is growing. There's a long way to go, but everybody's getting into it. So that does make it harder. So we're fighting harder than ever for that share of wallet. When I started in 2007, you, you could almost give money to Facebook and it would work. You know, they would send you oodles and oodles of traffic and it was converting. And well, that's all changed. The cost to play on, on face, um, channels like Facebook is more expensive. And we're talking small business here. So really, we, we probably are talking smaller budgets. So what I think is important is aim for 50% of your traffic, which is traffic to your site more than 50% needs to be coming from non-paid sources. So non-paid, the term we use is organic. So organic sources are things like um, referrals and word of mouth and people who've heard about you and type the, the website in and you know, so organic social media. And when you have about you know, a good amount of traffic coming from organic sources, then it's okay to introduce paid media uh, as part of that. So organic sources mean getting your family and friends to, to shout it from the rooftops, um, using LinkedIn as a channel, letting people know, emailing your friends, getting on the WhatsApp group, asking people to support you. And if they've got your product, ask them to leave a Google review. A lot of businesses, even big ones, forget those basics. Google reviews, the power of um, trust. And social media is, is an undeniable platform now. And although Facebook uh, is essentially a pay-to-play platform now. In other words, a business can't really get any traction without paying. You've still got Instagram. Uh, you've got TikTok, which is, uh, depending on your, your, your market, your demographic, which is an enormous channel that generates visits. And, and there's what I call the hype phase, Chris, which is 
a month out from your product, you've got to be hyping it up so that you're collecting emails, collect emails, as many email subscribers as you can because they're generally your highest value customers. So that when your product eventually launches, it launches with a bang. If you're launching your product today and your strategy is, right, turn my Facebook ads on, it's unlikely to work. It's, it's very, very difficult. So get out there, old fashioned, shout it from the rooftops, network, mingle, social media, and then go through at least four weeks of hype phase so that you're ready to land with a, to, with a big bang. You mentioned Google reviews. We, we get a lot of complaints about fraudulent uh, or dodgy reviews. So, you know, uh, uh, an online review that hasn't even engaged with the business. Um, yeah. It might be a competitor. It might just be someone late at night who wants to uh, have a shot at a, at, a, at a business that's having a go. What would your advice be for a business who finds themselves the victim of, of a fraudulent review? Yeah, and that's a shame, and it does, it does happen. Um, to businesses of all sizes. So Google reviews is a, is a good example of that because anyone can get in there and leave a review even if they're not, you know, even if they're not a, a verified customer. Um, so you need to be in control of your Google account, your Google business account, uh, your merchant account, and you can moderate uh, for free. You can log in <clears throat> and claim your business. So, you, you know, you can say, well, that's my business and I'll ask you to ID yourself. So if you find that all of a sudden, you know, let's say I've got a business called Paul Shoes, and all of a sudden, someone's left reviews for Paul's shoes. Well, I need to go into Google, and there's a section there that says claim that business. Now, and, and I'll have to prove, you know, by submitting my license or something like that, that I own that business. And you can moderate all of those reviews, particularly unfair ones. So Google is is equipped for that. As as you get bigger in, in selling online, or not just selling online, but other businesses, you can take control of your Google reviews using platforms like uh, Yotpo, Y O T P O, or Trustpilot where you can actually send out re requests for reviews, you can sync your reviews to your Google ads, and you can really start to control that ecosystem. But my strong advice on reviews, Chris, is to always you know, encourage two-way comms. A positive review is great. A negative one can also be great. If someone leaves a negative review and, and a customer can see that you've replied to it in a positive way where you're, you're help, helpful and wanting to resolve it, um, my my evidence is that that can actually help increase your conversion rate, which is the number of people who buy on your site versus visit to your site. And um, I always cringe when I see people get into arguments on Google review. I, I would, you know, grit your teeth and get in there and if you've made a mistake, say sorry. And, but two-way comms, make sure customers can see that this business cares to respond even to negative reviews. No, that's good advice, Paul. Just, just finally, though, where do, you, where do you see the next sort of hyper shift, if you like, in e-commerce? What, what, what should small businesses in particular, in particular rather, keep an eye out for? It's a, it's a, it's a rapidly evolving um, space. Um, you've got to be competitive on your shipping. Uh, you've got to be free where possible and fast. So cheap shipping, fast shipping. Um, there's a lot of bells and whistles in e-commerce and a lot of expensive platforms around data out there. My tip for small businesses would be to focus on what you're good at, good old fashioned customer service. The must haves, you know, the must haves that you, you must have are e good strong email marketing platform. And I recommend Clavio as a, a platform for that, um, a strong social following. Um, and I think in terms of what's something that a small business could adopt, uh, video content, Chris, generally across all platforms, even on your website. So these days you'll go to a website and instead of seeing a photo, 
you'll notice people start using movement and that's something you can do on your iPhone using a platform like Shopify. You can shoot a great product video on your iPhone and upload it. So I, I can't help but think that um, video is the way of the future. You're seeing it through, through platforms like TikTok and you know, Snapchat. It's all about video. I reckon websites are heading in the same direction. So I would start experimenting with um, video on your products instead of just static product images. I think the more you can, the more ways which you can showcase your product, you're, you know, you're only going to increase your chances of, of, of getting a, uh, a sale. No, that's good advice. Paul, we could talk all day about e-commerce and, and you are an expert in the area, but thank you for your time today and we look forward to checking back in again with you in the near future. Anytime, Chris. I've enjoyed it. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening. We'll return soon with another episode of Talking Business.